Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding. And today we are going to talk about Google Analytics and tracking if you have multiple geolocations. So think you have a .com for US and then potentially one for the UK, Germany, Italy, et cetera. Or you might just have two or three and still need to think about how to manage your general analytics and tracking foundation. So we're going to start with Google Analytics today. Fortunately or unfortunately, it's, we'll have to bounce a little bit between Universal Analytics versus GA4. So the nomenclature might be a little bit different. But in general, when it comes to Universal Analytics, which almost everybody is familiar with today, what I would consider our best practice is using one property ID. And so that same property ID, ID which would be your UA-12345-1, that property ID is what is implemented on each site. So whether you are implementing through the native Shopify, Google Analytics integration, or using Elevar, GTM, et cetera, one property ID is set up on each store. The reason for that is so inside, again, talking in the quote unquote old GA, which is universal analytics, that would allow you to have a roll-up view so you can view performance across all stores but you could also create views based on filters. So a filter could be based on the host name. So think your .co.uk or fr.yourdomain.com. Again, depending on if you're using a subdomain or a subdirectory, but you could create a filter and then apply that to the view. So then you'd have a roll-up view and then potentially different views per location. So if you just wanted to analyze performance for a specific region, then you could use that. Uh, that unique view. And that's pretty common. And we've seen that implemented across many, many, many large stores. And that's that's generally the norm and, and the best practice that we'd recommend. There are some nuances here. We've seen in a few cases where there would be properties set up based on groups. So think North America versus EU or different regions. That I would say if you had a truly global pre presence where you are across many, many countries and continents, and potentially have different product owners for those regions, then you could set that up. And you can even do that in parallel. So you could have two properties. You could have the one property, which is the primary ID. That's the same across all stores. And then have a second one that runs in parallel. Then again, it gives you that visibility into multiple groups. You could do that through, through custom views as well with a filter that looks at specific regions, but just giving you a little bit of uh, food for thought there with what we've, we've seen with some other large brands in our time. Now with the GA4, the concept of views doesn't exist. So there's no way today this could change as GA4 is still going through many changes, but there's no way for you to go through and create a view or a filter that you would then apply to a view in GA4. The way that you ultimately would view this is using what is called the comparison feature in GA4. Comparisons in GA4 is essentially equal to segments in universal analytics that you are used to. So inside the UI, there'll be a little add comparison feature, and then you can apply your dimensions, which could be, again, looking at a host name or a particular URL that you could then view and parse that data. 
So that's a general overview on the property ID. Again, with GA4, you still would use just that one property ID, which is the G dash, and that would be implemented across all of your different stores using that same ID. We also recommend a little bit of a bias here since we're such heavy Google Tag Manager users, but in general, we found that using Google Tag Manager, when you do have multiple regions, gives you more control on how the data is sent, especially when we get into some of the tracking like Google Ads, Facebook, et cetera. But in general, using Google Tag Manager does give you more control. So if you need to anonymize IPs or do any other type of data manipulation based on the country, you can do that using GTM, whereas using potentially the native Shopify GA integration, you don't, you don't really have any way to customize it other than appending data through GTM, which many merchants do as well. So now let's dig in a little bit to how we would look at customizing the views in Universal Analytics, and we'll try to talk a little bit about GA4. So within, if we're just talking about Universal Analytics and creating a international view, we would go through each process of creating goals per view. So again, think goals per US, per UK, France, Germany, et cetera, and filters. So the same filters that you would want to apply. So think like lowercase filters to clean up the data or restricting query parameters from URLs to clean up your row reports or anything else that might be specific to you in, in the filtering that you're doing, potentially combining Facebook URLs so you don't have an M dot and the L dot and Facebook.com, et cetera. But all of those same data cleansing activities that you would typically take on your main view, you'll want to be sure to apply that to all of the additional views that you create. Again, this is a fairly short-term window here with only a, a year and a half, well, not even a year and a half, about 15 months left with Universal Analytics. But many merchants will be using UA likely up until Q2 next year. So that would be a recommendation if you are going down that road is make sure that you configure the same filters, the same goals. So your goals of signing up for an email, viewing a product, adding to cart, initiating checkout, et cetera. Make sure you are applying that to each individual view. That way, when you are doing those comparisons of looking at a region versus region, you have essentially the apples to apples comparison with your setup. The other thing that we commonly will recommend is setting a filter that adds the host name to the URL path, so your page path. So think about your, if you go to your page path report or landing page report in GA, typically you would just see you know a slash and then the page URL after that where you don't see the, the host name, you don't see the getelevar.com slash use cases or you know whatever it might be. But if your setup is a subdomain, then that's, and you are looking and you have that roll-up view, so you have all countries going to one view. If you don't create a filter that appends the host name to the front of that, again, that slash for your homepage, then when you are analyzing your landing pages, what will end up happening is your fr.domain.com or uk.domain.com, et cetera. If you just look at that, the, the page path, the page path might be the same, or especially for your homepage, it's the same, but GA is just gonna roll it up all under one, uh, one particular row. And that's because that, that slash, which is typically your homepage, which you've likely seen in, in your report, that slash is technically the same for all of your subdomains. So by adding in the subdomains, then in your roll-up view and your page path report or landing page report or any report that has pages visible, you would see that fr.domain.com, uk.domain.com, us.domain.com, et cetera. 
so you could actually break out and compare those different pages against one another. A little bit of a nuance there and podcast versus a video overview might make it a little bit more confusing, but in general, I'll, I'll include a link in the show notes to the host name. So the full host name filter so you can see if you want to look at that, see what I'm referring to. So with GA4, again, the same same thing that we just spoke about before, no ability to create views and custom filters and even that the host name filter. So you could create recreate that report in GA4. They do have a host name dimension and you would just append the host name and page path dimension to in a custom report within GA4 that you can actually do that analysis and compare region by region. One thing in GA4, which is pretty cool and I would imagine they'll continue to build upon this is it's very easy to create a custom report in GA4 and then add it to, if you think about your left navigation that you are used to in Universal Analytics, you can actually create custom navigation items in GA4. So if you went through all of this effort of creating an international view or international report, roll-up report, and then potentially different regions where you apply filters and, and you pull in a, an e-commerce report, a landing page report, et cetera, you can actually add that to your left navigation, a custom left navigation. So it, it's you don't have to go through and recreate that every time. And that is, again, it's in GA4, there'll be a reports navigation item, and then you can create your own report, create what they call a custom collection. And the collection is what is essentially that custom left nav and add all of your reports into that. So again, you don't have to recreate this every time going back into GA4. That's a, a pretty nifty feature and something that you couldn't customize your left navigation in Universal Analytics. So this is another plus one for a feature benefit for GA4. The last couple of things here, considering Google Analytics in this geolocation or, or covering tracking across multiple websites in multiple regions, is if you are utilizing a webhook for your Google Analytics transactions, if you are using Elevar or another service that supports webhooks, then just make sure that the webhook is sending the proper conversion. So if, again, if you have unique Shopify stores per region, just make sure that that webhook is pointing to that same property ID. Or if you have gone down a path to create separate property IDs, that that's configured and everything is ultimately funneling through the same property. If you are using Elevar, then you don't really even need to think about that. You just go through the setup and make sure that um, our app is installed on each store and then you can configure the property IDs per store inside your dashboard. But if you are using other services, that is something just to watch out for as well. Again, it really depends on if you're going with a unified property ID approach, or if you're breaking that out. If you are breaking that out, having different property IDs per region, then you'd want to go through and double check this. So that's it when it comes to Google Analytics. So there's a couple, couple new things that have started to come out. So Shopify Markets, which is still fairly new. We've seen a couple of brands get up and running on that, which could potentially change your setup. So as that becomes more of the norm in these international region setup to handle currency and everything that goes into rolling out a multi-region brand, we'll have a follow-up episode that goes into depth Shopify markets and how the impact on analytics and tracking is, uh, is something that you need to think about. Now let's transition into general marketing tracking. So think about Facebook and Google ads, et cetera. So this one is, is um, it's going to sound more complicated than what it really is. So just take that, take everything I'm about, I'm about to talk through with a grain of salt. But if you are using different pixels, so let's say 
Facebook or any other marketing channel, Google, different Google ads accounts, if you are using different pixels or account IDs per region, and you have your tracking set up through Google Tag Manager, then there is a feature inside of GTM that is called a lookup variable or a regex variable. And essentially what you can do is, let's say you have seven base tags for Facebook or Google ads, and you have seven different regions. So you don't need to create 49 unique tags, which ultimately would cover each region, which would have a unique account ID or pixel ID. You can keep your same seven base tags and then where the pixel ID is called in that tag, instead of just referencing or even hard coding your pixel ID or using the variable that comes with an LLVAR download, you can just change that variable to, again, what's called a lookup variable, lookup table variable, or a regex variable. And again, this is where it gets a little, it sounds more complex than what it really is, but you just think about Excel where you have column A, row one is one domain, column B, row one is the pixel ID, and then column one row this <laughs> trying to explain excel is a little bit more a little bit more difficult when i'm recording this but essentially your second row and then columns a and b each row is going to be the unique domain url so think again that fr.domain.com the uk.domain.com us.domain.com and then in that, that column b will be the unique pixel id for each one of those regions and that essentially is what so when someone loads up the us site versus the uk site GTM will handle that logic to ensure that the right pixel ID is being included in that tag based on the host name that that, that particular user is triggering the marketing pixel on. So that is something that we typically set up, we recommend set up, set up, and we see others set it up this way as well. It just really helps reduce the bloat of having, again, so many duplicated and redundant tags set up in GTM. The next little bit of a nuance here with Google Ads is... If you have or are required to have a different merchant center set up for each store, which has its unique catalog assigned and uploaded to each region, then again, the same concept that I just explained here with a lookup table, you will need to send and make sure that each region is passing that proper catalog ID based on the region that the user is loading the site from. So I'll just use a US versus UK example. So let's say your catalog ID for your Google ads in the US is Shopify underscore US underscore product ID variant ID. And let's say in the UK, your catalog, your primary catalog ID or content ID for each product is Shopify underscore UK underscore product ID variant ID. That's where we need to make sure that when someone is loading the site, loading the UK site, that we are sending Google ads that Shopify underscore UK ID versus someone loading up the US site, we're passing the Shopify underscore US ID. So that's another nuance. There are many ways to do this. You can do the lookup table, you can duplicate the different product tags. Wouldn't recommend that approach, but you can. But that is something if you have, I would say more than three stores, then you'd wanna look at an approach using the lookup variable example that I used for the primary pixel ID. Going back to Facebook, Facebook, in general, we see the same pixel ID used across all regions. So if you're just asking me, hey, what do you normally see set up for different brands that have multiple sites? In general, I don't, I don't necessarily have the quantitative data, say 86% do this, but off the cuff, I would say 
usually we see the same Facebook pixel ID implemented across all stores, unless there's a legal or, or other specific reason they have to do something different. But in general, the same Facebook pixel ID is used across different regions, but unique Google ads accounts are used for different regions. So that would be, again, just my off the cuff answer. Really, if you have the same Facebook pixel ID, then you are likely, the dependency is more on the catalog, making sure that the catalog that you are uploading from each store or likely not even uploading it from the store, likely using a third-party catalog generator that you just have one catalog and you you manage it outside of a direct sync from your Shopify admin. That way you're not duplicating products going from each store to Facebook. But that would be the one thing to consider would just be the to make sure the content IDs are the same across each store. So for that one, it would be likely you're using SKU or some other type of ID that you can keep the same or maintain across each store versus the auto-generated product ID and variant ID that comes with Shopify. So if you have two different stores, the same product on each store, they will actually have unique product IDs and variant IDs for just the way Shopify creates them. So that's where where generally uh, SKU would come into play, where you can set the SKU to be the same and uh, make sure that the match, you get that catalog match for all of your remarketing campaigns. That's really the same reason with Google Ads, that Shopify underscore US and Shopify underscore UK example is we want to make sure that Google Ads gets the same, or it gets the proper catalog ID through the tag or the pixel hit that matches the catalog that's uploaded to that uh, particular Google Ads account. So that way your remarketing audiences and everything else that goes into product remarketing is working and functioning as normal. A couple other nuances in the third-party tracking world. So if you're not using some tracking for a particular region, so let's say you have Snapchat running in the US and Canada, but you are not targeting or doing anything with Snapchat targeting in any other region they have up and running, then, and you are using the same Google Tag Manager container across all stores, which is also what we recommend. I probably should have called that out initially versus assuming that you'd know exactly what I was talking about when going through and using the same property ID. But yeah, the same GTM container ID would be used across all stores. But anyways, back to Snapchat. If you, are, again, don't need the Snapchat JavaScript to load in these different regions, you can use what's called a blocking trigger inside of GTM. So you could still set the trigger to be all pages or view item, add to cart, et cetera, except you add a blocking trigger to that tag. And the blocking trigger is essentially just a, hey, if the region is matches these domains, then don't trigger this script. So this can just reduce the potential JavaScript that has to run on those domains. Or if you can't potentially load certain trackers per region, that can help you from the compliance perspective as well. So that's uh, just a little bit of a nuance there with the unique setups and blocking scripts per region if you don't need everything to run. Last but not least here, just a few general miscellaneous items. So with international stores, a couple of things that we've seen over the years. Just make sure your different inbound links per region are updated. And that's primarily to minimize the redirects that have to happen. So if you have everyone coming in, all of your inbound links are coming into your .com domain or your primary domain. However, you have some sort of auto redirect that's happening and sending them to a, a new region based on their IP address. That is where you can start to see some loss in attribution. So you might lose some of your UTMs that or any of your other trackers that you have set up 
as the redirect happens if those are not carried over properly. So it could either be make sure you transition and any of your attribution trackers, those are passed over to the redirect that you are doing or try to ensure that you have unique inbound links per domain if you are targeting specific countries. Same thing goes with email flows as well. So the email flows inbound links is trying to prevent those redirects. And the main reason there is just to, like I said, you, you want to maintain as much attribution as possible on your links. And if you have subdomains versus subdirectories, so if you're, you are using a uk.domain.com instead of a domain.com slash uk, there are some trackers that won't pass their cookie values across a subdomain. So you could lose some of the trackers there. And this all just all goes back to just maintaining a healthy inbound link quality and link structure. And last but not least, with your Google Search Console setup is you can use a what's now is a top level domain or, or a catch all domain that will ensure that you have tracking and reporting set up across all of your subdomains. So that is it for today on the general overview and, and what we see as best practices and things to watch out for when it comes to setting up Google Analytics and all of your different marketing pixels across all of your unique regions across the world that you are selling to. As always, if you have any questions, just shoot me an email, brad at getlfr.com and let us know how we can help. And that is a wrap for today. See you next time. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or a review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar, that's E-L-E-V-A-R, or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again. Thanks again.